Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. My name is Heather Hansen O'Neill, and yes, I am your host as always. Today's quote of the day is, You are a human being, not a human doing, by Wayne Dyer. We have a wonderful guest for you today. Our guest is Eva Melek, and she is a certified high-performance coach and a relationship success coach. She has coached both men and women in the areas of personal development, leadership, and relationship transformation. She specializes in helping executives, entrepreneurs, influencers, and business leaders create sustained heightened levels of success in business and personal life by developing relationships and influence, taking radical responsibility and implementing habits for success. There's a lot more I could tell you about Eva, but I'd rather she do it. So let me bring her on. Welcome, Eva Medelec. How are you? I'm doing great, Heather, on this beautiful morning today. Really lucky and happy to be here. So thanks for having me. Oh, well, I am I am thrilled to have you here. I wish it was a little bit more beautiful from a weather standpoint <laughs> in Connecticut, but it is still a beautiful day, even if it's raining. So um, thrilled to um, bring you on. I know you've got an amazing energy and an incredible story. So before I dive into some of my questions, just give me a little background about, you know, where you came from. I know I'm going to hop into um, some birthday questions, but let's let's go back a little further. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love that. Well, you know, I'm not going to go back to the day I was born, but I will let you know that I spent over 30 years in a career of dental hygiene. And um, when about 10 years ago, I was downsized from my job and it was really, really scary. And that's where the fear really kicked in. But I also realized that I was meant for more in this life. I was meant to, to be more, to do more and to have more than just be in kind of the rat race of working and being a slave to a boss. And that's when I decided to take a radical chance and a change to become an entrepreneur and start my real estate investment company. And um, it was really, really scary. However, it was more scary to stay where I was, you know, to stay feeling that way, if you can feel me on that, when you know that you are meant for more. And so I took a chance and I became a successful real estate investor. But here's where the second fear came in. I was, I was, busy doing. I mean, I love that quote that you just shared by Wayne Dyer. I, I was a human doing. And in the process of doing, I was stressed out, burnt out, overwhelmed, cranky, in physical pain, in, in mental stress. And I put my relationship in danger. And when I say I put my relationship in danger, I, I came home one day and realized that my husband was having an affair. And that's just kind of the Cliff Notes version of it. But taking responsibility for how I was being in the relationship when I was building my career, I knew that that was a huge contributor 
to uh, the breakdown in my marriage. And we had a choice to have that breakdown lead to a breakup or to a breakthrough. And um, we committed to the breakthrough and it's been an amazing journey for us. So that's kind of the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, um, I know there was so much, I'm sure. That, yeah. like, <laughs> I wanted to just point out something because even as I was reading your bio, the thing that struck me the most for me personally was the taking radical responsibility part. And you cut straight to that first, I believe, is that that element of even in the most difficult times when it is easy to simply blame something outside of yourself, that that ability to take radical responsibility, meaning that what, what possible aspect of this did I contribute to enables you to have, I believe, so much more freedom to be able to control the next step, to be able to say, what can I do differently? How can I improve this or change this or grow from this? And so I love, 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 love where you were going with this. So I mentioned about 50th birthday. Is that when all of this happened? Well, um, the 50th birthday was when I actually made the choice to -hmm. become an entrepreneur. But this happened in my relationship, I want to say, I think it's about four years now. Mm -hmm. It was four years ago because I was building a successful business as an entrepreneur. I was a human doing. Yes. And, you know, if you got run over in the process, God help you. But I was determined and in committed action to have a successful career. And um, and it was it was going well in that. And, you know, our dreams and our goals was that my husband is from Europe mm-hmm. and um, we want to spend our summers in Europe. And that was the first focused goal that I was driven towards, driven towards, driven towards, but I actually lost sight of putting the attention and energy in making sure that my relationship was thriving at the time. And it wasn't, it was suffering from how I was being in the process. That's And, you, and okay, that's so when the breakdown happened. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I'm going to, because I think that there are several different stops here, right? Places where you had some learning that I think that our audience is going to want to hear about. So I'm going to come back for a moment to that stress and what you did and how it led to all of those changes for you. But I want to go back for just a moment because you mentioned fear uh, when you were talking about becoming an entrepreneur. And I know since there are quite a few of our listeners who are either entrepreneurs or who are looking to become entrepreneurs, maybe leave that corporate gig that's not working for them. So what did you do to overcome that fear first? And then we're going to move forward to the other ones. Yeah, I'm going to share with you, I was more afraid of not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Because it was depressing me that this was it. Like, do I really have to work until I'm 70 something and retire and not have the freedom? My fear was losing the freedom. And yes, it took me a while to land on the real estate investment as something that I could do and be successful at. But I tried things and failed. You know, I tried and I failed at a couple of things before I landed on something at that time that lit me up. And I'm just a driven person. So I love challenge. I love overcoming challenges. That's kind of part of my DNA. But the fear was, it was a significant investment 
to learn the process of becoming an educated investor. It was an investment of time. It was an investment of a significant amount of money that I invested at the time I was downsized. My salary was cut in half and my days were cut in half and I didn't have the support of my husband. So there was a few fears going on, fears that, okay, what if I go through this process and I'm not successful? What if I can't pay this investment off that I put on like 10 credit cards to, to, yeah. to pay for? What if I you know, lose my marriage in the process and lose everything and have to mortgage the house? There was all of those fears that went into it, but those fears actually drove me that to become successful because I could not let that happen. You know, that's an interesting distinction because I think a lot of time fear keeps people stuck. And for you, it had the motivating drive as opposed to keeping you from doing action. And I love something that you said earlier about um, it just led me to think of how when we're kind of comfortable, we don't make change. But you said something about how you just you couldn't continue the way that you were. Right. And so that's you had become so uncomfortable thinking about staying where you were that you had to make the change. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had big dreams. You know, I wanted a life of freedom and I didn't want to be 75 or 80 when I got it. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be on the cobblestones of Europe with I, I just had this vision of being in a wheelchair and a walker bouncing over the cobblestones in Europe. And that wasn't a pleasant sight. I'm like, no, I mean, all of the apartments there are walk ups pretty much. I, I want to be able to bound endlessly through them and not that I can anyway but you know what I mean I had this vision of wanting to be young enough to still enjoy my life and here I was getting started on my goal at the age of 50. Yeah. You see the urgency in that? <laughs> I do I do I just had that birthday um I feel you <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm gonna move forward to the uh the next stressor that we were talking about is how you were so driven that it made you a human doer um instead of you know human being and being present in in what was around you so how how what did that stress look like for you did it physicalize or what, what yes, was yes. it there was a lot of physical pain i attribute it to my my dental hygiene career and just being in the career so long but you know we were working with a therapist initially before i found out about the the affair for for our marriage and I had such back and neck pain. My, t my tension and stress was in my shoulders to the point where I couldn't sleep. I couldn't turn over. Um, you know, the, I, I'd gone to doctors and they wanted to do neck surgery. I mean, it really got that bad. The pain was that bad. Um, I was always in a state of um, feeling burnt out and stressed, mm -hmm. you know, f falling asleep early, like if we were sitting on the couch, but I also was always working. My mind was always busy looking for the next real estate deal, looking for the next investment opportunity, looking for uh, learning the next strategy to um, add to my toolbox, so to speak. And so I was still working in dental hygiene, but I was still taking classes and studying, traveling for a lot of those classes, um, marketing myself. Uh, doing all the shopping, all of the cooking, the laundry. You know, I had my superwoman cape, but oh, it, yeah. also, it also had the word martyr on the back of it. 
Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> with that one. <laughs> because I was the driven one in the family. He wasn't. And I think my way of being let him know that and threw that in his face every day. Like, I look back at it in hindsight, and it just still gives me a stomach ache. Like, how could you be like that? And, um, and it was always the disappointment that, you know, why aren't you being driven as much as I am? You know, even though he's a little bit younger than me, I was just like, you know, I have five years to get all, I gave myself a five year window to accomplish everything. And I was so focused on that, that, um, yeah, I wasn't conscious of how I was making him feel in the process and how the energy that I had created in the household by being so driven wasn't pleasant to be around. I'm the first to admit it. Well, what, how did you acquire the skills to start moving into being? Leadership. Leadership. I took leadership training and dove head on into it because I realized that I could be better. And actually one of my, one of my mentors and coaches enrolled me into a leadership development program. And he saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. He saw more potential than what I was already doing and saw me as a coach and a leader to inspire and motivate others to take action. And so I enrolled in this leadership training and then I started coaching in it and um, got my, my, my husband involved a little bit as well, although he wasn't, it was another thing I forced him to do. And he's, <laughs> now he was like, like, what else? Why is it never enough for you? I think that's what the underlying theme, but my eyes were open to my way of being and um, I hired a coach. I hired a coach to help me see what I couldn't see because I was so deep in it and to help me transform. And so I had some real transformational experiences in leadership development, personal development, and intelligence and coaching. That's beautiful. I mean, I think that I work a lot with beliefs and fears. And so a lot of the time we can become conscious of them ourselves, but there's also a significant amount of time where it requires a conversation with someone else who might be able to see from a different perspective, be able to pick up on something that you can't see because you're just too close to it, right? So I believe very strongly, I mean, as a coach, I have coach, uh, I have always had coaches. And so I think it's really important to um, to be able to find someone else that can see you in a different way and, and be able to guide you so that you can take it to the next level. It's great that you did that. And not be afraid yes. to tell you, <laughs> to show you who you were being and how you were being. I mean, I, I'm a strong personality and, um, you know, a coach is not there to be your friend. A coach is there to really shape you and guide you and challenge you and bring things to your attention, bring that awareness that you wouldn't have thought. I, I spent a lot of time being right and righteous because I was always doing the work. Yes. I was always the one enrolling in the classes and reading the books and da 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 and da 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 da. And even though I was in transformation, I could not see the righteousness that was showing up as I was being transformed. I get somebody to show that to me. And it was such an eye-opening, and that's what I mean by taking radical responsibility. Like, yeah, I was being transformed, which made me better than you, didn't it? Because you're not doing that. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I think that's amazing. You pointed out something that I could hear from a coach standpoint, so I want to draw attention to it. You, as a driven, strong woman, needed your coach to be very direct with you, to be able to see what you couldn't see, draw your attention to it, and to be direct with you. And as a coach, you have to know, and you know this now that you are a coach, but for me, what I'm hearing is just a reminder of what I do all the time naturally, is that you have to adapt your style. Some of my clients I'm incredibly direct with, and other ones I have to... um, lift up a little bit more and show them their own gifts and kind of awaken them on their own. So there's a lot of different nuances to knowing how the other person will be able to hear it. Right? That's so true. We, we are shapeshifters, aren't we? <laughs> you know, you've got to meet people where they're at, number one, and really learn how to um, land your communication in a way that it is received and it lands and it gets it. And so um, part of what I do in, in my coaching is the powerful ways of being when it comes to communication so that you know that your communication has landed and it's up to you. You get to take responsibility to make sure your communication lands in a way that whoever you're speaking to, whether it's you know your family members, your children, your spouses, your employees, your employers, that they understand, they get it. And so you may have to adjust how you say it, the way you say it, how it lands, who you are being as you're communicating. Because everybody, even with relationships, we have a different love language. Yes. You've got to find out people's styles yes. and be intuitive enough to that so that you can land communication with them. I love that very much. And I, you know, that's exactly the way that, that I work. Um, I really want to ask you, that, and if this is a difficult question, I apologize, but I have kind of two. I want to go back to what happened with your, with your husband. And what was the, why did you just, because people have different, when something like this happens, they would have a different response and everybody may have a different response to it. So what made you want to heal the relationship and, and how did you kind of get through that? No, it's it's not a difficult conversation. It's something I'm really proud, <laughs> proud of us, not just me, because it took the two of us. If he had said to me in any way that it was something he did not want to work on and he wanted to choose someone else, it would be a very different conversation. But here's the thing. I knew my husband as being one of the most integrous people in my life. And if you had told me I would grow a third eye or my husband would cheat on me, I would plan my eyelash extensions on my third eye and just pay a little more. I mean, that's how convinced I was of his integrity. So to say this was a punch in the gut is taking it lightly. And I can only think of the pain that he must have been feeling to have this kind of self-sabotaging behavior. And so the first thing we did was commit to, are we going to see what happens to work towards a breakthrough? And there was no guarantee. You know, we could have done the work and decided that it was the best not to move forward. But the type of work we did, we found a different therapist, first of all. I went to my coach, actually, my transformational leadership coach, and he guided us. And um, one of the things that came out of the work that we did was recognizing our relationship styles, which is different from attachment styles. 
Yes. But it's really formed from our early life experiences, which cause us to have certain beliefs and behaviors and responses and reactions to our feelings, mm-hmm. whether it's anxiety that we felt in childhood or whatever. And so what I learned about him by just asking questions and being open to the honest answers was why he felt the way he felt and what he was seeking that I wasn't giving him. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about myself, like why I was so, um, I don't want to say unemotional, but very strong and driven it was based on seeds that my dad planted in me when I was a young girl. And so we got to understand each other at a point of having compassion, but also taking responsibility, like saying, okay, this is damaging to our relationship if we're going to stay in this this um, relationship style. We need to learn how to show up for each other in a way that brings out the best in both of us. And it's been a journey. I'm not going to say that we figured it out and that was it. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of fear. Is this worth it? A lot of times I wanted to give up because of what I was discovering. And I'm sure he felt the same way. But we were so committed to building a new relationship and commit it to each other. And when you have commitment, you don't give up. <laughs> you don't give up when things get hard. And and that's that's really the thing about courage. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good guy. My husband's an amazing, amazing person. He's not a bad guy. And I felt that, you know, we get to give ourselves a chance in this. And the scary part was not knowing if it would work or not if we would decide to stay together or not. And I have to be honest, sometimes I still get that fear. But I know that, I know that he's worth it. I know that I'm worth it. And I know that what we build together is special. And even just being in quarantine with him, you know, there are times, you know, and I'm sure anybody who's in a relationship, there are times being quarantined with the love of your life, you still want to wring their necks. And, (laughs) you know, they're smacking their food a certain way. and You didn't notice to this level or why are you breathing so loud? You know, it's just so many funny things come up that I'm like, oh my God, if we didn't do all of this work, I could see us having so many silly, stupid arguments. And I'm just in awe of how like we're really gliding through this, not without challenges, but we know how to hit a reset button and take care of ourselves. Usually when we show up irritable and upset and cranky is because of a lack of self-care. So we're smart enough now that we know this, like, okay, I might be feeling a little bit tired or stressed, which means I don't have the patience I normally have. What do I get to do? Go for a walk, sit in the sun, have a glass of wine, whatever it takes. And so it's, it really is a learning journey, um, but we're, we're making it fun. That's that's the key, right? To make it fun and to be open to it. And all of these things that you're learning in your journey, um, they, they come back and they layer on each other, right? So you're saying the things that you learned throughout this process are helping you right now during this time. And it, it, that's how it works. We learn the things and we're given the challenges that we need to learn the things that we need so that we can be better prepared to be the person that we were supposed to be, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Whether times are good. I mean, it, it enables you to walk through crisis and challenge <clears throat> at a much higher level. 
Yes, that's then if you didn't go through this, um, I like to call this this pressure that mm-hmm. the pole goes through to make diamonds. I mean, you you come out hardened, not hardened, but better prepared to handle challenges and walk through them if you hadn't done the work and hadn't gone through the journey because you never know. Like this COVID-19 came out of nowhere for all of us. And I mean, and people who were not mentally um, and emotionally centered are having more challenges than those who are. That's true, that's true. Can I ask you, are you ever fearful that he might cheat again? Or have you guys made your way through that and you feel that trust deeply? I feel the trust deeply, but I'm not going to lie and say as a woman, as a woman who is going to be 60 in a few months, who has a younger husband, I have the same insecurities and fears that all women have. However, when I do feel it, I let him know. Um, because there may be something that came up that brought that feeling up again. I never go in the past, but I will I will let him know that I'm having an insecure moment and I need a hug <laughs> or whatever. A hug is my love language. I love touch. And, oh, um, <laughs> and, you know, and my husband's German, so huggy mm-hmm. is not it's not in the German core and culture. But, you know, but he'll step but he'll step outside of that for me. Um, I have to tell you, those moments are so few and far between, but I do have them. You're absolutely right. And I, and I will share that with him when I have them because we've made a commitment to, to not hold things in because when you hold things in, that's when it layers and resentment starts to happen and the fear and the insecurities can get worse. So I'll share it with him, whatever it was to cause that to come up in me. That's a great lesson for our listeners to take away is that we sometimes think that the other person should know, right? And and communication is about removing the should and simply taking that action, taking radical responsibility to communicate your needs so that they can be met because the other person who cares about you wants to meet them. They just need to know what they are. (laughs) It's not fair for us to let our partners guess what Mm. we're going through. They're not mind readers. And if something is going on, you know, we get to be honest and share. I'm, I'm having an insecure moment. I feel this way. When you said that, it brought up these feelings in me. And I know it's not your intention, but I need to share that this is what's going on because I, I know that when these things happen, my husband's not pur- purposely saying it's my intention to make her feel insecure and da 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 da. But you know what? Men, men sometimes will say or do the wrong things, not realizing how it affects us just because they may not realize it and it's not their intention. So I always look at the intention. Do I really think he said that to intentionally make me feel that way? of the time, it's a no. So I get to share, when you say that, this is how I feel. And I know it's not your intention, but I need to let you know that. And most of the time, you'll say, oh, my God, no, that's not what I meant. And we move on from it. But when I don't share that and I harbor the resentment, that's when it's not healthy for the relationship, for my health. 
for him wondering like why has she got this puss on her face like you know it's just not good for Annie so it's not really- good for <laughs> you know I'm uncertain that the people that are listening right now would love to learn a little bit more about you would you be able to share where they might be able to get some more information and I think you you have a free gift for us as well yes I do I do and it's on my website as well which is my name Eva Medelec E-V-A-M-E-D D-I-L-E-K.com. And my book is called, uh, my ebook is Six Powerful Ways of Being to Foster Effective Communication and Connection in Any Relationship. And if you just type in my website for, forward slash PWOB, which stands for Powerful Ways of Being, you can actually get the direct download of that book or just go straight to the website for it. And it's something that I've curated out of the success and the work that I've had in not only dealing with my personal relationship in my life, but the relationship I have with my parents. And it really came into play just before my mom passed away, which was suddenly as well. And I was really happy I practiced that because if any of you have out there have elderly parents, you know that they can, they can be challenging too. <laughs> Adult children could be challenging and even coworkers. And so I adopt these principles with all everybody, everyone that I come in contact with because it up levels my influence and uh, my way of being in just creating a safe space for everyone I come in contact with. So um, it's just a little guidebook, nothing deep. You'll read it in 15 minutes and it's all good. (laughs) You know, everyone out there listening, don't worry. You don't have to try to write all that down. If you missed it, I'm going to make sure to put a link both to Eva's website as well as directly to the ebook so you'll be able to find it there don't worry about that so Eva can you believe it's been 30 minutes already isn't that insane oh this is so fun thank you I know right that was our goal we just wanted to have some can you do you have any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share you know I I like to tell people um basically when you're having some challenges that bring on you know, stress and overwhelm and burnout to know that it's usually because you're not taking care of yourself. And so if you can find at the top of every hour to take a five minute break to just reset your energy before moving on to the next task, you're going to find that you're going to be less stress throughout the day and it won't pile on it on top of each other. And and that's really a golden, actually a high performance golden nugget is the transitions. Create more transitions in your day to release the, um, the stress and actually re-energize yourself for the next day. So whatever that is that works for you, one of the things I like to do is chase the dog around the coffee table for two minutes. And I, I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Just really, you know, take time to re-energize yourself throughout the day. I love it. And I love that somebody can take action on this advice right away. Eva, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And thank you to all you listeners out there who are enjoying it. Please, if you like it, share it with a friend. Everyone, have a wonderful day. 